Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I've rediscovered Backpack Hero because they've added so many new items. It is amazing again. I'm Jane, and maybe it was amazing all along, Trevor. It's true. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh, and according to Blade, I have entered the endgame of Marvel Midnight Suns. We're in the endgame now. Yes. I think he literally says that line. <laughs> <laughs> And I do have Storm also. Oh, dang it. And I, I gotta go I'm, back and get Storm. I'm slightly disappointed that the mooks in the Storm story are the same as they have been in the um, oh, Morbius story. Like I'm like, didn't I already take care of you people? <laughs> but <laughs> Aren't the anyway. mooks in the Morbius story the same ones that are in the Venom story? Actually, yes, you're right. Yeah, 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 they are. Okay. So I'm like, come on, this is like, I I, I respect a certain level of laziness in, you know, (laughs) design and creativity, but this is like, this is high level lazy, but she's cool. She is cool as a hero for the record, Trevor. You will like her a lot. Yeah. I need to go back and. Uh, I also have to, I have to tell you guys briefly, like I am super impressed with, uh, it's probably the most environmental game I've played. (laughs) Maybe in my life ever, I, and I think it was in a humble bundle or some dumb thing. I don't even know how I got it, but uh, I've played a few chapters now of this game called Endling Extinction is Forever, um, and and you play a um, mother fox with these four cubs, and like the start of the game, there's a huge forest fire, and you kind of flee to the, a, a new lair, and the new lair is like right by this. Um, big industrial complex or whatever and so you know uh challenges ensue let's just put it that way right but like it is incredibly well um done in terms of like it has it has kind of its own graphical style a little cartoony right and um the music is gorgeous and there's no like text or speech really like it, it's just telling this story through images and like scent you know quote unquote and uh Anyway, it's like, and you can play, you know, you you could play, I I said chapters and really what I meant was a night because every night you kind of go out to like get food and for your cubs and kind of explore a little further and try to understand what's going on and stuff. And like, I, I am a hundred percent confident that I'm going to get to the end of this game and it's going to be like reading where the red fern grows, but as an adult and it, and it will break me, but, um, I'm I'm like really glad I picked it up. Just just really an interesting little palate cleanser, I guess I'll call it. So What's that's it called again. Endling, E N D L I N G, 
endling extinction is forever and 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 during parts of the game i feel like that meme with um oh who's the who's the gal that's in um, brooklyn 99 and there's the meme where she has the dog and she's like i've only had this dog for a day but if anything ever happened to him i would kill myself and everyone in this world yeah i will die for this dog yeah like you definitely feel that way about the, the fox cubs like real early on I'm surprised that my daughter has not come and requested this game already. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it was a humble bundle that dumped it into my lap. So there you go. Did it give you a Steam uh, redeem key? Is that where you have it? I don't know. I don't remember where I picked it up. Yeah, it's a good question. But I've only unlocked two of the 28 achievements. So clearly I better get on, get a move on. Clearly. Um, I'm currently in Salt Lake City playing... Uh, Star Wars Shatterpoint with a, a friend, and it's been a, a nice weekend so far. And what are your initial thoughts? Uh, it's it's been a fun time so far. Yeah, it. I mean, how much different is it than? Um, isn't this the same? This is the same company that did Marvel Crisis Protocol, right, Jay? It is. Yes. And so I would say it has pretty significant differences. Oh, okay. It is and... you. You're. Each team is playing with um, two, two main characters that are going to be stuff like, and in um, in the core box, it's uh, one side is Darth Maul and Asajj Ventress, and the other side is Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka. Now, is it uh, potential spoiler alert, which I haven't even watched this episode myself, but is this the Darth Maul who has a... Uh, uh, prosthetics i guess his, his uh bottom half is still connected oh interesting okay okay um yeah um anyway Timey, it, wimey wibbly wobbly yeah yeah <laughs> then so you're, you're gonna have four main characters you're gonna have um four secondary characters and, and that stuff like clone captain rex or gar saxon or you know it's etc um, and then two support characters, and so like two clone troopers or two droids or two Mook Mandalorians, and so each side is is playing with eight characters, um, and a few things that are unique or interesting about it is that there's there's not rounds, there's just you go back and forth taking turns, um, and at the start of your continually? turn, yep, uh huh. Till the game's done. <laughs> um, at the start, you, you have a deck that has a picture of each of your um, six units, um, and then a wild card picture. And you shuffle up that deck and draw a card, and that is the unit that you activate that round. Um, you can opt to if you there's a, a reserve spot. And if I draw a card, I can place that card in my reserve spot and draw another card. And then I would have to play the one that I drawed. And at the, then when I did my next turn, I could either draw a card or I could play the card from reserve. If I play the unit that I have in reserve, I would, I would pick it up. Um, and then next turn, because the reserve is empty, if I draw my card, I could opt to put a card in the reserve. And so um, that's, that's another part that's interesting with it. Um, it gives me like Memorial 44 vibes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, another thing that's interesting is that um, I don't know if future scenarios are going to have different setups, but there's basically um, you have nine scenario points on the board and they start all nine of them inactive. And then you flip over the first uh, scenario and it will tell you which of the nine scenario points become active and whoever wins that first scenario. Um, the, the way you win the game, there's, there's three scenario cards that you randomly pick. Um, and the way you win the game is winning two of the scenarios. Um, and so in the game we played yesterday, I won the first scenario. We drew the second scenario and sometimes there's two options on which scenario points are going to go live and the person who lost the scenario uh, picks which of the maps they want to use which one's going to help them better okay and so my opponent picked he picked a map that was going to help him more Um, he won the the second scenario and then so when the next map flipped over um, i picked the map that was going to be more advantageous to me and, and then i won that other scenario, but I, I thought it was interesting also the uh, playing through multiple scenarios in the in the same game. So, uh, so overall, how long does a game end up taking, Jay? Um, you know, I don't I don't know. We were doing the first game where neither of us had had played, um, and we had you know done reading, watched some stuff. But I I think that the average time when everyone knows it is going to be one to two hours okay that'd be my guess um and i guess to tie this back to discount games inc we have uh all, all the core set and then there's there's a couple of terrain packs and a couple of um expansion packs that are available at launch the expansion packs one is uh a clone wars will be on kenobi and the other one is um Buku, so all right, so we are going to grade Guardians of the Galaxy 3 today. Um, this is going to be a spoiler-heavy discussion, so if you have not watched the show and you care about spoilers, you probably want to uh, pause or turn off this episode. Um, to start off, I have a I have a interesting question for you guys. Um, so this this movie was originally planned to come out um, very soon after the Infinity War movies and then Disney fired James Gunn and and the pandemic happened and we ended up getting this movie uh, much later you know towards the start of phase five instead of start of phase four Um, do you think that it would have made much or any of a difference to phase four or to this movie if it had been in the, the the slot that it had originally been slated for? I'm starting to believe that the, the movies and the television shows of the phases like exist in different universes in terms of like how they affect consumers reactions to the world and how they inform. I just feel like there's so many people who like go to the movie and, um, you know, haven't seen 80% of the shows that might've, affected mm-hmm. it or you know what i mean and like and vice i don't know about vice versa I, I i guess most of the people who watch the shows will probably have watched the movies too so i i guess my 
the short answer to your question is I don't know that it would have made that much of an effect at this point. I, this is, I mean, I guess to my question, this isn't really, or to what you said, Josh, this isn't really necessarily so much related to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but I guess more Disney Plus and what you were talking about, Josh. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like it's safe to say that we are within the, the category of people that could be considered Marvel super fans. <laughs> I mean, I am on, uh, you know, Act Three of the Marvel Midnight Suns video game, so that's, that's true. <laughs> and it feels like, you know, the Disney decided that it was their imperative, the future of their company, to have Disney Plus be, you know, this successful big venture, and they decided that they were going to have, you know, all this content that they were going to try to push to get people excited about this service. Some of that was Marvel content, and their explicitly stated goal was that to have everything entwined and to have you have to, um, if you want to know everything that's going on, you have to keep up not just with, you know, 28 movies or whatever, but also a bunch of TV shows. Um, and I, th- I th- kind of feel like for the non-Marvel super fans that it's just way too much work gotten to the point where it is overwhelming them and, and they just feel like they can't keep up i mean do you so let me let me address that's... that yeah please yeah trevor's so... gonna give a, a thoughtful response i'm just gonna say <laughs> yes, yes jay <laughs> um so we went and saw guardians of the galaxy 3 with my aunt and uncle who are uh, i mean i don't think it's offensive to call them boomers because they are <laughs> i mean they were <laughs> it's only offensive to boomers trevor I mean, I'm, listen, I we're, that, we're basically boomers as well, so whatever. <laughs> we are not. We are Gen X. There's a massive difference. I do consider okay. myself bo- boomer adjacent. I mean, yeah, we we are boomer adjacent. That is true. We are. We're boomer at heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not. Anyway, I mean, they are. They are literally boomers. They were. They were part of the boomer generation. Um. Anyway, they went with us. I guarantee you that they have not seen all of the lead up to this film. They've seen some or many. They are my, to be fair, my family has nerd fairly deep in its, in its veins, even if it sometimes doesn't admit it. So, you know, my aunt and uncle, they, they see quite a bit of movies. Um, although they're, she's a lawyer and he's, um, he's on the board for like a dozen different businesses. Um, so they're like kind of, Publicly, they're not really that nerdy, but anyway, they enjoyed it. So in this particular case, I think that the entry is not as high as some of the others. I do agree that some films cross over to the point where they are not universally um, loved without having all the background. Like it feels like some films are just like we're going to build upon something else too much instead of make it build and stand alone. Is that I mean, yeah, I mean, it did. I, I felt like on this show, um, there were probably some points where, like, if you hadn't watched the Christmas special. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was going to bring up. That you were like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I know that they missed some of those references. But the truth is, is they I don't feel like any of those references were required. Yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it is interesting that 
Yeah, it, it kind of felt like at the start when they were doing this plan that they were coming off the high of the Infinity War movies and Marvel felt like kind of this unstoppable juggernaut and it kind of felt like they were going to, you know, it was going to help kickstart um, Disney Plus and it feels a little bit to me like it has instead made people less excited for the franchises in general uh, well, yeah i don't know it's interesting you, you sorry jay do i understand right you're saying you you get that feeling about the movie itself or just the 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 way that it didn't come out in the in the timing that it originally was supposed to um i'm saying well so on podcasts or in digital ink etc like there's been basically a sea of discourse about people saying like, oh, is is this, you know, the, the beginning of the end for Marvel? Oh, okay, okay. You know, but um, Ant Man three was seen as like this this huge disappointment uh, in the box office. Um, and and frankly, there's there's a fair number of, of people who um, you know are are delighted by this <laughs> potential prospect that. <laughs> you know, this force that has been the dominant force in uh, Hollywood for uh, for ages at this point yeah. might might finally be getting their comeuppance. But um, anyways, what 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 is what was your guys's initial reactions, initial thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy three? I want to hear Trevor's first because I feel like this movie is the movie about his one of his favorite characters of all time. But maybe I'm assuming too much. No, you're not assuming too much. That is correct. <laughs> um, I, I, so I need to re- see it again before I get too deep into my hyperbole here. But um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I would gladly go see it again. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how many superlatives I can add at this point. So I'll just leave it at that. Well, so here's the thing I want to ask, and this ties a little bit to Jay's question about, you know, had this timing been different with the release of this movie, would it have affected Phase 4 differently? I mean, it it really does feel like, um, you know, because a lot of what Phase 4 was like this handoff to the, you know, to the new young team, right? Like, here's the mm-hmm. new Hawkeye, here's the new um, uh, Thor, here, you know, whatever. I mean, so again, this is, this is that, right? It's like the here's the new... Mm-hmm guardians and freaking rocket is you know the cat's meow um and so yeah i guess as i think about it i mean maybe that would have had more of an effect right like although frankly it might have ruined because all the other handoffs were pretty um uh, what i want to say they were a mixed bag right (laughs) and and rocket is a great handoff and like uh, i mean i'm trying to think the only member of the team that i i still don't love but i've never loved him even in the comics i i'm not sure how i feel about the character at all ever but like you know just adam warlock is the like guardians are weird characters regardless he is the weirdest of the weird i feel like (laughs) yeah and the the movie doesn't like help with that yeah it doesn't help with that you still walk away going oh he's kind of (laughs) weird yeah going like WTH and what are his powers and why should I care about him and I, I don't know just yeah, how is this different than a adolescent Superman? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which it will to- I mean like I think this goes back to you know, this this doesn't really matter to us per se but um I do think that 
this movie would have made significantly more money than it's currently making if it had come out earlier. I think in that timing. Okay. Yeah, I think there's some people that um, have checked out of Marvel movies at this point that probably would have um, gone to it. It the the opening numbers. Um, it is. I think it just just passed 350 million in globally, um, which you know isn't bad. But I think that it probably. And we'll see where it gets. But you know. Uh, Strange Two, I think, ended up somewhere around eight or nine hundred million. Um, so, so okay. So let me ask a question that's a little related to that, which is, um, I feel like you know, and the internet is never wrong. The collective thoughts of um, a, a mob of human people with anonymity is is never questionable. But I feel like I am reading a ton of chatter on the internet that's like marvel slash disney don't ever make another guardians this is such a great like capstone you know end of the trilogy and i'm like yes it is but like how can you say that when you got like you know the new team ready to go and i don't know i mean maybe that's maybe that plays into this whole exhaustion that you're referencing jay is it's like maybe people are just tired of and this and, and like the whole marvel world needs a i I don't know, a five-year break or a 10-year break, you know, before you could actually care about well, the new teams and the new characters and stuff. I mean, I did think it was, uh, okay. So before I guess I tackle into something, let me, let me say one thing that, um, I was really happy about with, with this movie that I thought, um, James Gunn handled very well. Um, and so there was, I, I was a little bit apprehensive about this movie going into it because I felt like I knew too much about what was going on outside of the movie. And when I say that, I mean, you know, James Gunn is now, this is his last Marvel movie. He is now mm-hmm. one of the co-heads of DC. Um, he's, he's probably going to make a Superman movie instead. Um, and a lot of the, the people like um, the actor that plays Drax, uh, Dave Batiste, I think is how you say mm-hmm. his name. Yep. Um, he's been pretty vocal about how this is going to be his final Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And so there was part of me that was expecting another Infinity War style movie where there were going to be a lot of deaths. And this was kind of um, backed up with me having a lot of friends also telling me, man, this movie is is very sad and very emotionally challenging and so i was kind of expecting that was going to be uh based on deaths of uh, various characters and i i liked that that was not the route that um that james gunn decided to to go that he instead of i liked that instead of like the only way that we can you know settle and you know have take care of the issue of this actor is done with his contract and doesn't want to make more movies is we have to kill the character sometimes instead it can just be you know what this retire this character this character is ready to be a dad or this character's you know going to go off and play with the ravagers or you know etc etc and i was super super happy that uh he he went that route um the way sorry the way that that ties back to your question 
Josh, <laughs> he said, you know, I, I, I do kind of feel like, so first of all, I, at the very, very end of the movie, it is, it is very explicit saying star Lord will return. Um, and I kind of feel like, you know, that was obviously very intentional by Disney and partially because of the things that we've been talking about where they kind of feel like their, uh, franchises is, is maybe in a little bit of trouble or not on the first footing. And yeah. they, they want to be able to say to people, Hey, you know, this is, this isn't going to be an issue forever. We are going to, you know, be making the things you love. Um, to it be fair, will, they could also bring Star-Lord back in, like, Mandalorian style, right? It's the new Star-Lord who never takes his helmet off. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's... I think... So, should we should we speculate on what we're going to get with Star-Lord? Because I don't think it's anything like that. Okay, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, here I for think, speculation. I love that crap. I think we're going to get a Disney Plus series that is a series that is going to be somewhat of a sitcom of Star-Lord integrating into Earth society. <laughs> Oh, so it'll be like Perfect Strangers, Star-Lord? Sure. Now we are so happy. We do the dance of joy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I would say that we are uh, mentally boomers. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, I, mean, I, I think that's potentially a, a solid um, prediction, Trevor. I, I do think that it's going to be difficult for them to do a Guardians of the Galaxy movie without James Gunn. Um, I heard a, I, I was listening to a podcast and it was, they were interviewing this person who she was um, writing a book about the Marvel and the MCU. And she's done, you know, hundreds of interviews with, with people who are, are making Marvel movies. And one of, she said something that I thought was really interesting and, that's related to the guardians movies. And, and it was, you know, everyone says that iron man is, is kind of the, the movie that launched the MCU, but at Marvel studios, their feeling is that guardians of the galaxy is really the, the movie that kind of launched things for them because it was the proof that they could take a property that is like, just kind of weird and <laughs> esoteric shouldn't work and make people fall in love with it. And um, I, I don't think that's going to be necessarily easy for them to replicate or keep going in the future. Well, I guess we'll see. But So one of the first things I did after finishing this movie was go back and watch James Gunn's Suicide Squad. And uh-huh. it just really drove home the fact to me that he is that this genre of film he's brilliant at that he's able to take a somewhat uh, ho-hum topic of of right now in the public's eye of hero superhero movies and make them far more interesting than than about the actual powers. He makes it about the characters. There's a scene in um uh, uh Suicide Squad where uh Nagawe, the King Shark is sitting in the back of this um you know, VW bus or whatever it is. And he sees a, a couple on the street kind of hugging and kissing. And then you get a shot of his, of his, uh, of a shark eye, which you would think you'd get no emotion out of, right? Like it's just this black void. And somehow you still, uh, I didn't get a catch it the first time, but on review, I realized that 
that he's kind of looking at that longing, wishing that he could fit in. You know, he wants friends, which is a topic that's addressed in the show. And like, he's taking a kind of a nonsensical character, honestly. And King he's Shark? Adding, yeah, yeah, King Shark. And he's adding some pretty amazing emotion to it. Like, th- that's what Disney's going to miss, is that many many of their other directors, or I shouldn't say many, some of their other directors sort of miss the boat. They're like, this is about the superhero powers, and, and they fail to do the, this is about that character. Let's find out what makes them tick. I mean, he also does it really well with the polka dot man or polka dot guy or whatever the heck his mm-hmm, name is. Mm-hmm. Like you walk out of there feeling bad for that guy and his youth. Like clearly he had a rough time. So those, those things are some amazing stuff. And he does that same thing here and has done it throughout the course of the films that he has made for, for Marvel. That's what they're going to miss. Yeah. And, I, and it's what I hope that he continues with DC. I hate DC, but I will watch anything that James Gunn has made at this point and what he continues to make because he's shown me that he's he's competent at this genre. Like I still want a Weasel movie or series. And so on that on that topic, um, one of the things that I appreciated a lot about this movie um, is he was he was just so good. I felt like of like setting things up at multiple points throughout the movie and then just having um, really solid callbacks or, or completions of things. So like two examples that um, pop to mind right away is, um, you know, (laughs) first off there's the, um, I I can't think of the, it's, it's James Gunn's, I think it's his brother in in real life, the um, guy who has the, thing on his head and he's trying to whistle to make the yes that is james gunn's brother and he also plays the weasel by the way crag oh okay craglin yes talking about craglin? yeah 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 yes okay yeah um so so first off there's like the um the dog does something to piss his character off cosmo and yes. he's like you're you're a bad dog <laughs> <laughs> and then throughout the movie you're a bad dog and then finally cosmo saves the day and you get the payoff of you're such a good dog yes the dog is so excited (laughs) (laughs) and it's 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 very well done it's very emotionally rewarding Uh, another one with the same character you know he's he has the setup of and and just very briefly um you know of him trying to do the use the the whistle weapon the arrow uh, thing the arrow and and it's and he sucks at it and then, you know, at the key moment of truth, he's able to use it to, you know, save the day. And, you know, it's and it's it's all little things that, you know, really it they it took very small amounts of time in the story to set up. But the, the payoff for it is, is still very satisfying or rewarding. So that's that's another thing that I thought that the gun did very well. Um, so I did want to discuss the uh, obviously the reason that everyone said that it is an emotionally uh challenging movie is because you know it has a bunch of animal abuse animal experimentation um and the same thing essentially kind of on on children as well um it did and, and there's some people that it's just like and honestly i'm not sure how i feel about it there's part of me that's like i want to go to a marvel's movie to have a good time and have kind of a fun romp and escape from real reality 
and I don't want to effing watch <laughs> creatures or animals get tortured. Uh, how how well did did that work or not work for you guys? <laughs> Jeez, that feels like a super loaded question to answer. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I felt like oh. Um. There were no I, pugs, so Trevor was okay. That is true. That is true. There were no pugs, which I think was an oversight on James Gunn's part. Yeah, I mean, a cyber <laughs> pug would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I will say so, I will say that, to complicate things for me, um, when I was a kid, one of my favorite stuffed animals was I had, like, a mama raccoon with two baby raccoons, and I've loved oh, no. raccoons ever since. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, all right. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Finish your answer there, Trevor. Yeah. So, yeah, admittedly that there are some tough scenes and I would, um, but I don't know that many people who aren't animal lovers. Like it takes a special sort of hater to, you know, not like, an, a, you know, mm-hmm. a puppy or a baby raccoon. Um, so I, I felt like the payoff was worth it. So, the the villain of the show you you actively hate and you you i don't think anybody at the end of this show was like uh you know thanos was right you know there's no equivalent of that here <laughs> like everyone hates him by the end guaranteed and um i feel like you're glad that th- th- there's two scenes um, one where where Rocket is near his near death experience, and the final scene where the, the bad guy dies, that I feel like over they they outmatch or, or overweigh the scenes that you see prior to that and make it all worth it. That's my personal opinion. Okay. Yeah. So I I think uh, I'm probably going to end up echoing Trevor a little bit. Like I have this ongoing dialogue with my sweetheart about. And frankly, it's about Lord of the Rings, right? Which I probably shouldn't even bring up near Trevor, but but she is always like, it is so dark, and like, how can you, you know, how can you stand it, you know? Because it gets to the point where it's like looking pretty hopeless for the uh, the hobbits, right? And and I mean, it's that way in the book too, right? And and I've always told her, I'm just like, yeah, but there's like for me the just that little tiny, you know, pinprick of light against the darkness. It, is so worth the payout in the end. Right. And, and I'm like, if you don't have that, like the story doesn't have as much value to me. Right. And I guess that's how I feel about this. Like that. Yeah. The high evolutionary is super dark and these scenes are super awful and I don't know. So that's, that's where I'm at anyway. And I've not convinced my wife that that's how she should feel about Lord of the Rings yet either for the record. (laughs) (laughs) There's just too much darkness for her. Um, well, it feels like we are to the point where we should be uh, grade this grading, bad boy, grading the movie. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm ready. Uh, design. <clears throat> I mean, I still don't think they'll ever beat the soundtrack of their first of the first oh. Guardians, right? I, and I, here's the thing. I'm are you going to disagree with that. me? Oh my god. No, 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 no. I'm not going <laughs> to disagree with you. I'm going to say that that the Guardian soundtrack is is a whole. It's a whole oh thing. oh the trilogy sure the trilogy okay is that the that is one way to look at it but I guess what I was gonna say is like that is so much a part of the design of the Guardians I think movies and the ethos right and and they do bright colors so well and they you know I mean it's just and just like 
Trevor said, I mean, the characters are so, I mean, they're so offbeat, but they do such a good job of like telling this human story. I mean, it gives me like Goblin Emperor vibes just a tiny bit, right, Jay? And uh, so all that is to say, like, I think this design is top notch and I, I'm going to give it a nine. I don't know why, because maybe I need to see the movie uh, multiple times before I can give it the 10 that it probably deserves. <laughs> I I really need to see it again. I hate calling it a 10 without watching it a second time, but this might be my favorite Marvel movie so, thus far. Like wow. Wow. Um so but I I I'm I'm holding that as a reservation. I'm just saying it's maybe there because I sure. haven't seen it a second time. But there's just so much to love about it. Um and I guess yeah. I definitely like it better than Guardians 2. Um, yeah. whether, I, whether I like it more than Guardians 1 is a little bit hard. I didn't, I didn't ever care for the ego story, so that was part of the problem. It's not well, the that movie was part of the problem with 2, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah like I, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I, it's not that the, movie, the 2 was poorly done, it's just that I never cared about ego. And, and I didn't, yeah. I hate him in Marvel movie. Snap, and I hate him in the movies too. <laughs> no, ego, ego equals Snap. Josh, you just let it go. <laughs> well, I mean, everything equals snap for me in the game. So, <laughs> all right, Jay, what's your uh, what's your grade I'll, on? I'll design? go with nine as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. All right, we go to time management. I mean, <sighs> high marks again here. I feel I feel like the pacing is awesome. Like the the way flashbacks are woven in, and uh, anyway, I, you just never feel like you're you never feel like it's a good time to get up for a popcorn refill or a bathroom break, which why do movie theaters make me have to even consider a popcorn refill? Why don't they just bring the popcorn to me, Jay? Um, all that is to say, I'm going to give it a nine on time management also. It is impressive that they got you to say that with the, a two and a half hour long movie. Yeah, fair point. Um, but I'll, I'll, I will go ahead and do the same grade. <laughs> I, I'm just going to write tens down for Trevor for everything and then see if he disappoints me. I'm, I am not going to disappoint you on this. Okay. The, the pacing is really well done. Um, the payoff is worth it. I never once felt like, you know, get to the point, move on to the next right, scene. Right. Right. Never once felt that. Uh, repeatability. Well, I would say we know repeatability is like the hardest score for me to ever give, but like, it feels like there's enough callbacks. There's enough fun. Like, I mean, the truth is like it would, now you kind of have this opportunity sort of like you do with star Wars to be like, let's watch the trilogy. Right. And like, enjoy the whole thing. So I, I think I, I'm going to give it pretty high repeatability for me. I'm going to say a seven. Um, I'll go with an eight, I think. And Trevor, the assumed 10 on repeatability. Um, so this is, I'm not going to watch this as many times as I watch Sonic, but, um, I will watch it a ton. So it's, it's 10. It's, it's in the realm of what about of, Sonic. Sonic is honestly 11, but like, you know, th this is probably going to be in a similar vein to say Rocky Four, Willow. Those are my tens. I just uh, need to understand, Trevor, is Sonic greater than Rocket? As a character? Hell no. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But the, but as a movie, yes. Yeah, I just, I mean, I can't so explain it. I just absolutely love uh, the humor in Sonic. I could, I could have it on repeat in the background all the time. <laughs> the best all right on that note let's jump down to the fun category uh you know it's interesting i mean it feels like we have to take into 
account the discussion that we just had right about some of the of the darkness of the scenes and stuff and like because i think i think this one would be the closest to a 10 for me um uh, but i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep it at a nine for fun and also adam warlock pulls it down (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right jay what do you got um sorry what was the category again fun fun um i mean i feel like i can't give a 10 on a fun score with uh a movie that has (laughs) some of the themes that uh this one has um so i'll i'll go with a nine feels safe trevor Mm, yeah i mean if this score were impact instead of fun i would give it a 10 but i i guess i do have to agree that um yeah, it, it it is a bit much sometimes. I wouldn't say it's a bit much, but it's a lot. It's heavy. It's a lot. Um, so I would I would give it a nine. All right, and then our final category is the overall category. Um, I think this thing hangs right at a nine for me. And again, I think on a repeat watch or two, you know, which I do have children who want to go see it with me. So there's a there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance that that I might move up, but I'm gonna go with a nine for now. Um, I can. I'll, I'll go with a nine as well. And Trevor, sorry, what what category is this overall? This is overall. Yeah, yeah ten. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so let's talk about audience real quickly. I mean, we did talk about some of the harder, the heavier themes. Um, they, I believe, it has the first ever Marvel F word. Yes. But is it still? Does it still feel pretty family friendly, team? So here's the thing. PG-13 movies have been skating over this line for years now. And, um, gosh, it does bother me that they chose to do this. I, I, I don't know. The truth is, is by the time your child is 10, they've heard it in school repeatedly already. Um, is it different when they're watching it in a movie with your approval? Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was an unfair question to ask, honestly, but because to me, it still feels like the same family that you've taken to see your other Marvel movies, you could take them to see this movie, like even with some of the heaviness. Um, and I would I would say that it's fairly safe to say that this is a fairly, I mean, I guess, quote unquote, hard, um, um, a fairly hard or PG-13. Sure. Uh, yeah. You mean because of themes and. Uh, yeah. And even the violence a little bit, right? Like, yeah. All right. I'm I'm writing down still family friendly, but you know. And clearly, uh, finally, go or no go, easy go for me. I am I am curious. I've been. Uh, I mean, obviously, this every Marvel movie we've given a go to, so you know. Uh, but I, I am curious in on this last category, shifting it a little bit on um, whether or not if it's if it's a go to the movie theater or not. Um, did you feel like, how much do you feel the movie theater enhanced the experience of, of this movie? Look, here's the bad confession for me. The only, the only thing that movie theaters do to enhance experience experiences or, uh, yeah. It gives you time to watch it. (laughs) Correct. Yes. With nobody's going to come ring my doorbell, which I, that's fine. People come visit me all you want. Like nobody's going to say, Hey, could we take care of this task? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah, you don't ever have to pause it and make an excuse for why you've got to go take care of this. And then you'll come back and correct. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would have a hard time 
not seeing this in the theater because it is a big screen Marvel film. You know what I mean? Like if I didn't see this in the theater, I would feel guilty. Is it required? Eh, probably not. I mean, the truth is, is there's, we fool ourselves into thinking we need to go to the theater and generally we just don't. And this is no different. I'm the, I've started coming to, uh, and I guess this is another sign of, of things of struggles that Marvel is having. But um, after Ant-Man 3, after Guardians of the Galaxy 3, after both of them, I had a conversation with myself where I was like, you know, I really went to this movie in the movie theater because I wanted to be able to talk about it on the podcast, (laughs) which is is fine. I've I've enjoyed the podcast. I enjoyed discussing this with you guys. Um, But... Like, if, honestly, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I would probably wait for them on Disney Plus and just watch them on my big screen TV. And I don't really feel like the experience would be um, markedly different. Yeah, markedly different. Yeah. So I've I've had the experience the last few times I've gone to the movies of somebody being what I would call rude, mm-hmm. you know, speaking loudly or, or commenting during the movie. And or, you know, a child kicking the back of my seat, et cetera. And mm-hmm. those things are the things where I'm like, OK, we should have never seen this in the theater. But generally, I'm able to ignore them at least a little bit and move on. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I still enjoy the theater, but there are some reasons why it is not the best place in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Any anything else? OK, well, not for me. <laughs> uh, let us let us know what you guys think of. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three and and everything that that Josh and Trevor got wrong and uh, <laughs> we're excited to hear from you. <laughs>